2: You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week Podcast, episode 329, brought to you by Avengers vs. X-Men from Marvel Comics, C2E2, and the Summit City Comic-Con. I've
0: been for you, but I have
2: Welcome to iFanboy.com, Pick of the Week podcast, episode 329. My name is Ryan Haupt, and I'm here with Mike the Mouth Romo. Hello. Allie the Brains Colicchio. Bonjour. And Jim the Face Muchkowski.
3: Sorry, everybody.
2: This is our annual Staff Writer Show. Josh, Ron, and Connor are kicking back for a much-needed break, but don't worry, they'll be back next week
4: at ifanboy.com we like comics we read comics and every week we read a bunch of comics and then one of the guys not on the show currently uh picks the best one and writes about it on the website and then we all get to talk about it on the podcast along with various other topics of interest
5: Now this is kind of nice. This week we're also pleased to pass along some very special news for a tried and true member of the iFanboy community. I say iFanbase. Staff Sergeant Jonathan Castillo is expecting a baby. Well, his wife Diamond is anyway. And Mrs. Castillo has tasked us with letting him know the gender of their new edition, which we'll be revealing at the end of the show. Spoilers! speaking
3: of which before we get to the show a quick reminder slash warning this is a review show everybody uh and we will be talking about the things that happen in this week's books so if you are worried about spoilers you have made a huge mistake clicking on this (laughs) (laughs) this week connor had the pick but he is not here
2: and what is that pick
3: as a matter of fact it turns out to be avengers versus x-men number one
5: well, by Brian Michael Bendis
3: that, and John
5: Romita Jr. with a cover that was a very nice and exciting cover. So,
2: <laughs> <Yeah. and laughs> is, that, is that where you stopped, Mike? I think the biggest shock for me was the opening page where it gives you the breakdown of the cast. I know. And right. there's seven four rows of, of yeah, there's four rows of Avengers and there's like five X Men. The right. odds are stacked,
4: guys. I mean, it's well, it's just who appeared in the issue, and you know, there was the whole like the Avengers boom on the helicopter helicarrier thingy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, do you but, guys yeah.
5: always sort of laugh whenever you see the Avengers and then there's Daredevil? Like he's always, I'm <laughs> do don't you have something to do in New York? Don't you have a case? I just feel yes. like, I mean, I love that he's in the Avengers when they're in New York, but anytime he's out like outside of New York, I'm like, this ain't right. It's, just, there's, it's there's a, a, scene.
4: There's there's a scene, scene in New York. No, but yes. he
5: jumps off the helicarrier.
3: There's a scene you in know? this week's Hulk actually where Daredevil is training with Iron Man And it really makes you sort of ponder.
4: uh, Those guys have nothing in common. (laughs) They would never hang out.
5: So guys, all right. So I'm the big uh, sad nerd. When you guys saw the AR icon on the pages.
4: Oh, my God. Thank you, Mike.
5: I literally (laughs) thought it was like, okay, so Marvel's got a new colorist. And part of the deal is that whenever they use this it's colors so- on that page, they have to copyright it with the <laughs> AR. And it's like, man, the business is getting... I, awesome. I
4: actually tweeted out as I was in the middle of it because it was, I found it very distracting. Yeah. And so I tweeted out in the middle. I'm like, does anybody else have this? Is this like a weird print thingy? And someone's like, <laughs> no, it's the app. And when you get to the last page, you find out what it's for. See, I downloaded
3: it and the digital version... Either doesn't have this, or I was completely oblivious to it.
4: It probably doesn't have it. I wouldn't it's be surprised. Pretty to- it's pretty
3: glaring. It's pretty glaring. Now, bear in mind, I'm very stupid. Well, so I mean, it's possible that be, I
5: just looked right past it. You could not be as stupid as some of the. If you actually used the app, which I got to tell you was like walking a tightrope to get this thing aimed correctly. Uh-huh. Um, so, did you have you guys tried it out? Have you guys looked, used the app? No, I'm I
3: no, I I still don't even know what it is.
5: All it I'll does do what it, it does is in an augmented reality that you look at the page and then on uh, and you sort of aim it and, and, and hold it and hold your breath it's like tuning in an old t v you put it in the exact right angle, and then suddenly you see the page animate on the phone and the very first page with the big you know what should be a very dramatic uh phoenix sort of coming from you know, the ashes or whatever, big, big double page spreads. You're like, okay. And then this guy, the editor walks on it and starts explaining to you. I think it's Axel Alonso. He, he walks in and sort of explains to you, Hey, we're doing this augmented reality thing. So I felt it really kind of let out some of the dramatic tension because throughout the comic, you're constantly wondering what the AR was. And I found it extremely Mm -hmm. distracting, but let's talk about the story. This is your classic first issue. And, uh, Anybody want to run it down a little bit?
4: So does there's a
5: plane that crashes,
2: <laughs> and then there's Nova and a pile of oh, Iron Man and Protector are bickering for some reason that's not entirely apparent based on their previous characterizations. And so you
3: so you guys are just going to be bitchy about this for two No, minutes. no, I'm not
2: being bitchy. <laughs> no, the, okay, thing I really, right. the thing I really want to talk about is why is Cyclops beating up a teenage girl for like three pages?
4: <laughs> okay, because she's to, the
2: future of mutant kind. She's the future
4: yeah. of mutant kind. I have to say I did have a little bit of a – I'm like, dude, she's been trained by Cable since she was like a toddler. Literally yeah. since she was a toddler. Oh, I think she's cool. okay. But um, it's Cyclops and he needs to make sure that she was trained properly. What, what,
5: what does Marvel have against the Chrysler building? Um, I'm sorry. I I used to live in New York and okay, now is in continuity. The Chrysler building is no longer there.
3: That had one of my favorite moments in it where Spider Man catches all the Chrysler uh building victims yeah. in his web and one of them says, All right, that's it. I'm done. have a
5: great. They should have a comic just about that family. <laughs> yes. Um so now will- okay, so the plot is basically um Nova comes crashing down to Earth. He warns about the Phoenix force is coming all back up and to the, to the earth. And I guess, um, you know, last time I saw this girl, she was a little baby. Um, We assume that the Phoenix energy is coming back to hope. And X-Men are like, yo, this is my problem. The Avengers are like, no, it's our problem. And then someone off stage goes,
4: fight.
3: And (laughs) and Cyclops is is not even willing to admit that it's a problem so much. He thinks that it might be the solution.
4: I, 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 and I like, that um i might be team x-men in this not gonna lie um -hmm. i like that that he realizes that yes as much of this being the phoenix force being a force of destruction it's also rebirth that's kind of what the whole thing is about um and you know they've been wiped down since the whole no more mutants thingy so uh I mean I I can see where psych's coming from thinking that it's it could be a chance for you know mutant kind to come back from the 198 that they are
3: I would like um, him to walk me through that plan Well
4: <laughs> he, yeah psych always has a plan, There's a okay. plan. There's step, one, a plan step 1 step 1 phoenix
3: is powerful step 3 profit
4: plans underneath it right just in case you know, he needs to blast Cap with his Namor seduces the Phoenix force. Right? Right. And then... I'm surprised that has it. A... The only thing that I thought was kind of weird was there like all oh, the feet, like the way they were talking about Jean and the Phoenix force. It's like, you remember she came back and then there was the whole thing with Grant Morrison. And then she died. Right. Right. It felt very dark, phoenixy, Phoenix Force. Although
3: I did, I did like the idea (laughs) that uh, I did like the idea that the president has been briefed on the Phoenix Force and has been waiting (laughs) for this for you know twenty five years or whatever. I also like the the like the yes, exactly. You you wanted us to mention if we came across anything sent after the scroll. Well, yeah, yeah, I did. Since I almost you know was replaced by an alien shapeshifter, but. I, I I thought this was very accessible. It was very user friendly. At the same time, there were a couple of things I felt like I was supposed to know that I didn't know. Uh, for example, I would swear the last time I saw Nova anywhere, he was dying. I don't think yeah. this is
2: Rich Ryder. I think it's just a
6: Nova.
3: If you read the Infinite Comics thing, which we'll talk about later, I guess shortly, he he's a big Cardinals fan. He's a big fan of his dad. Like it, it didn't seem like the Nova that I had known. Although it did seem like a you know. American Earthling. I have no idea who this guy is. Also, I would swear I n- have read something about Hope having the Phoenix Force prior to now, but I can't remember where and
4: I don't I don't think she has. This is the first actual real flare up. Hope is probably one of my favorite X-Men Marvel characters right now. There's been glimpses and glimmers and she knows what the Phoenix Force is sort of um but this is the first time like when you know, it's like, you know, kicks her in the stomach for, like, the third time. Right. Uh, and she goes all ballistic. Uh, that's the first time we've ever actually seen, like, a full-on flare. That, like, they, they play a lot with, too. like, the flames in the eyes. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, she's just been a, a power mimic. But she also has this power where she can kind of, like, calm mutants who are freaking the hell out down. Right, I think you would have used them that themselves. on the second or
2: third page when Cyclops was kicking her repeatedly. When when Magneto
5: <laughs> when Magneto was all uh, Scott, you sound like I used to sound. Like, <laughs> yeah, <actually. laughs> okay. What do you guys think of the art?
4: I think Ramita is much better with action than he is with talking heads. Like, yes. and I've always felt that about him. That you know, whether, it, whether it's Spider Man swinging through New York or you know, big, huge, bloody action sequences and kick ass. Like, I, I think he works much better with movement and action than he does with. People talking to each other, but he's got a great sense of movement, and the way he draws the Phoenix Force as like this giant fireball is really cool.
3: I didn't really—I mean, nothing stuck out to me about the art as as problematic. Although, ever since he ever since Ramita has been doing Bendis's Avengers, he's had a very uh, troubling relationship with women's hair. Yeah, like he's kind Spider of draws Woman's, it like
4: it's nineteen eighty-five. Spider Woman in particular.
5: Uh, is in need of, of an extreme
4: God.
3: makeover.
5: So so what do you guys think? Are you guys going to stick with it? Sure. Oh, sure.
3: sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, with it's all of stuff. them
5: or just the main book? Well, what are you asking? Did, do, you, like, do you want to mortgage your house or do you just want to buy <laughs> some?
3: I'm going to continue to buy all of the books I buy already. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I pre-ordered uh, Avengers vs. X-Men vs., which is the dumbest name of a thing in a long, long time. Uh, I pre-ordered it because it was uh, seventy-five cents an issue if you pre-ordered it. So uh, hmm. that's that's the who would win in a fight comic uh, with you know Iron Man versus Magneto, which I can I can tell you how that's going to end up right away. Maybe,
4: maybe he has a plastic suit.
3: <laughs> maybe he does, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not going out of my way to buy anything new, but I'm going to keep buying everything I'm buying, and I'm going to keep buying this book until you know, it's over.
5: We were talking about it earlier. There was, it was kind of like a, you guys were were talking about how Swamp Thing number eight and Animal number eight were kind of crossing over. Was it just sort of like they were in the same neighborhood or did you guys see Animal Man in one of the very scary panels in Swamp Thing number eight? Or is it just that the same story point is happening?
4: I think it's the same story points. In Animal Man, I feel like they reference Alec Holland So there's more of a reference there, but they don't talk about the Red or Buddy or even um, Little Wing, who has a name that's not Little Wing, um, in Swamp Thing. Do you read read both of them or do you just read one? I read both of them and I read both of them back to back all the time. Uh I think I like Swamp Thing a little bit better. I'm not sure. I usually read Swamp Thing first
3: and then I'll read Animal Man. I've I've stuck with Swamp Thing this whole time when the new 52 launched I tried Animal Man number 1 and I didn't try number 2. So I'm 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 curious to see how this is going to play out if I continue to not buy Animal Man. Uh I'm trying to kind of they resist seem, the crossovers.
5: They, I don't seem, think pretty, they seem pretty they seem pretty separate. Yeah, they 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 seem like they're mm-hmm. pretty individual but in the same universe, which is kind of nice. Um, right. this the, this month's Animal Man um you know i, I still think that uh, travel foreman is doing some great work for jeff Lemire, and it sort of continues with basically buddy and his family on this road trip uh having uh a really sort of rotten road trip and sort of the the power of the red sort of following them and uh is anybody else reading this because it's been getting it's been yeah. getting pretty good with his daughter starting to get the new powers and there's a really great scene where uh his daughter gets mauled by all these wild animals and buddy goes absolutely <laughs> crazy crazy and and, and i it's gotta amazing. tell you and, and it's been really although funny. the
4: stuff that happens with the daughter is totally screwed
0: up
5: yeah she totally gets mauled and as she's getting mauled she sort of goes into the, the body of another beast and uh grows back into herself grows I back was into really herself uh, She's like
4: little mr fox totally helped me out also i do have to say one of the things i love about this book and i think my cat actually loves about this book is that there's a talking cat that hangs out with them that you is like cat. ignatius AKA socks yes. socks socks the cat is uh like the ambassador diplomat that's sent from the red to kind of guide them and help them out and it's this talking cat which i totally love and i'm totally not making this up i was reading this comic this afternoon my cat jumped up on my lap and started sniffing around the pages when the cat was on the page
3: they're so like us they yeah. are in that <laughs> they are awful um but wasn't socks the name of the clinton's cat i think so is this the I same think- guy It's very meta right now
4: <laughs> i don't know no all idea. cats
2: are named socks <laughs> didn't mean to stump this, this-
3: everyone
4: my cat, is named.
2: May not have made it to the uh, best panels of the week, but at one point, Buddy kicks the head off a rabbit.
3: Yes! <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, see, that I'll least, read it
5: now. It there I'll, go, been a, I'll go download it all.
2: And
3: there it makes been like one a, of those
5: Marvel it, AR you know, things on that one so you could see the actual rabbit head come <laughs> at you in 3
2: That would have been cool. That would have been cool. So Wait, I, I think... I, I, I'm not sure where the crossover... I mean, the crossover doesn't feel like it's happened yet. It just feels like it's building to it. And yeah. both, both these uh, issues... Uh, Animal Man and Swamp Thing ended on cliffhangers where the protagonist seems to be in dire straits, which is a pretty common, you know, common cliffhanger to have. But in these books, they've been a bit of more of a slow burn. So this really feels like the first time Swamp Thing has really been in any danger, right. and uh, an Animal Man is is you know finally uh, finally realizing the stakes a little bit. It seems like, and so it'll be. I think the next issue will really be where it comes together, and I imagine we'll have a very classic superhero uh, fisticuffs, uh, you know. Not not understanding each other's uh, <laughs> right. Points.
5: We're, we're almost we're almost seeing a new side of both characters. We see a much more um, deliberate Animal Man, and then when we go over to Swamp Thing, we see him really committing to being uh, Swamp Thing.
3: And I was say, we have like a all... Holland hasn't even been Swamp Thing until like the last
2: issue, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah like it's...
4: last issue was like the big transformation issue, and you didn't still. Really see him? He saw like an arm
2: and a wing, and yeah, right. Yeah, even just seeing a wing is is a new thing for Swamp. What do you Uh, what do you think about his new look?
4: He makes an entrance. Like when he made the entrance in this issue, that was
5: boom.
4: There's a (laughs) lot of there's a lot
5: of non-swampy things to the new Swamp thing. He's got feathers, and he's got elk horns, and um, he seems much. He seems just much more superhero-y than sort of the shambling mound man thing that I.
2: Yeah, it's uh, definitely a streamlined design, but I mean, it also feels it feels very fluid. Like he changes his shape mm-hmm. as he goes into battle and things like that. So I imagine, you yeah. know, I'm totally fine with having battle mode swamp thing and forest yeah. mode swamp thing. Like let's like, know, let's go the I whole. I thought island. he looked
4: more animalistic than plant-like. But knowing, knowing, you know, like uh, with the antlers and and the wings, it, Mm -hmm. it felt very animalistic as opposed to that's a plant. I mean, it's still plant like, I mean, it's very leafy wings and the horns are very like gnarled wood, but he looks, I mean, he looks more like something out of Animal Man. (laughs) which I liked,
3: I liked the corkscrew and the scissors, but I thought that the nail clippers were excessive.
5: Are you guys all reading Chew, which is still, for my money, one of the most consistently funny and artistically creative books on the market? I could not – yeah, I can't imagine
3: stopping.
4: I I like every once in a while going through and really paying attention to the backgrounds and the – Oh,
3: it's glorious.
4: Because they're hilarious. And there's one scene in this issue of Chew where they're in a theater section – and up in the balcony is very clearly drawn not only Waldorf and Statler from
3: oh yeah Jane you know, Silent Bob
4: but Silent Bob <laughs> that's right and it just ended up I'm like yes it's it's the ultimate peanut gallery
3: with some sort of uh, some sort of Greedo shot first T-shirt on or something like that yeah It yes. you could you if 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 he starts to do a double page spread with like a Where's Waldo layout on it you could drink it in for the rest of the afternoon and you know, get your money's worth out of a single page.
2: Well, and there's just, there's just such an amazing, and I mean, the art is, you know, Rob Guillory's art is fantastic. And John Lehman's story is at once all over the place, but at the same time, so obviously planned right. out that it just, it, there's such a great rhythm to this book. Like every time, you know, they they reintroduce the character so often, but it's always done in a slightly twisted way. So it's never right. uh, dull. It's always fresh and it's just and so much occasionally
3: fun. it will cut to issue 60. For a panel. Uh,
5: yes. That was yeah.
2: hilarious. Favorite, you, Tony.
5: <laughs> so this, this wrapped up this story, which, um, you know, I had actually kind of paused a bit. And I had kind of forgotten it. But we have basically Tony's been missing for a while. He's been kidnapped by this guy who wants to write a book about the sexual exploits of baseball players. Right. And, <laughs> and they've, they've added the SIBO path. Is that, That's how you say it right? I, I remember originally it was to get the story, the story of the food that he had eaten, but now it seems like they're, they're able to take on the powers, if there are powers of the people, if they eat the person. Is that right?
2: No, that's his daughter is able to do that. But but,
5: but he came up with it, though, because he was able to throw that baseball at the end. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Well, yeah. His better at it.
5: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. But I think the other thing is. He used it to untie the knots, and he did uh, did other things with it, um, because there was one of the baseball players was into being tied up, so from eating his flesh, Tony was able to give the author, like, oh, this guy's into being tied up, but he also just was able to learn how to untie his own knots that he was being tied up. I feel
3: like if someone is hearing about this having never read the book what we are doing right now sounds a lot like gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which which is a function of the book because it's very difficult to explain in you know there's no elevator pitch for Chu other than the fact that Tony Chu is a a detective who has the ability to eat a piece of food and know its entire history
4: well eat and, a piece of anything
3: yes and know its entire history because, because that's in, kind of
4: the whole thing that they're playing with here because normally now it's this, food,
3: this he's eating this douchebag has kidnapped him and and exhumed the the corpses of all these famous baseball players and now he's force feeding them to tony so that tony can uh experience their entire lives and uh figure out the uh the idea being that he can figure out all their peccadillos but as it turns out it gives him the power to uh you know whip a baseball at 100 miles an hour among other things which ends up saving the bacon but in the meantime you've got marilyn monroe impersonators and elvis impersonators and civil war reenactors and
4: well and yeah the whole thing Tony's- is they're auctioning tony for his uh his talents off so right. like there's a bunch of like you know Elvis impersonators who want to learn more about Elvis and Marilyn, right. You know fanatics and you know neo Nazis and everyone wants to learn all about these dead people.
2: We've also got Always. Tony's ex partner sleeping with his boss
4: again, a different boss,
2: but yeah. How
4: that was that was an opening <laughs> splash page that you do not normally see. You, you no, can't, you and Robb un- that. Rob
2: Giller tweeted it on, like, Tuesday that, you know, it was the most disgusting thing he'd ever drawn. So I, I tried to be prepared for it, but I just couldn't. It was too much.
4: I, I did not. I had seen it, but I did not know that that was the opening. That's well, a cool opening. You know,
2: buxom,
3: buxom, septuagenarian, and a corset. Well,
4: I did have were, to say, uh, though, there was part of me that I was, like, kind of like, ha, ah, this is well, fantastic.
2: If that you were <laughs> blind, you wouldn't have had to see
5: it, and then you would have been spared. And speaking of blind.
4: Uh-oh. we have to talk
2: Ooh. about
5: daredevil
3: 10.1 what
5: what who you uh are like you mean, like, that's the best in the biz mike romo it's been a <laughs> while guys um so daredevil so it's weird that they do a dot one issue of a book that i would argue that if you're not reading this book then why are you reading comics for me yeah, at just the personally. same time right. mike
2: this is the first point one issue where the first page actually explains
5: who the character is and what
2: his deal is. So it might be the first successful point one issue so right. far. Percentage-wise, yeah. I...
6: how
3: point one issues have actually been a good jumping on <laughs> point? I'd put it at about
5: 35. I feel like there was that one Wolverine one where he was – Right, the, the birthday party. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one, but it didn't really have anything to do with anything. This one really, actually, to Ryan's point, it explained who he was. It showed that he had a job. It showed that people kind of knew that he was Daredevil. Um, and it showed that he was a lawyer. And, that, and now we're getting used to this art where we're really able to s- sort of visualize his powers, which is really exciting. It's a really great uh, introductory book, but it didn't really set – it just – for me, I guess this is what it does. It's a one-and-done story that gets people excited about the character. Um, yeah.
4: I feel like this series of all of them didn't need a point one because every issue is like this. I right. One of the things that I absolutely adore about this book, aside from the fact that it's swashbuckling adventure and I love that, is um, it's so accessible. Like You can just pick it up. It doesn't matter where you are. You can pick it up. There's a lot of yeah. one-and-dones or two-part stories that you can easily figure out what's going on early enough. Um, yeah. This is this is the comic that I want to give to everybody that I know that doesn't read comics. Because you know what?
3: Actually, Allie and I have a friend who picked up the previous issue of Daredevil and yes, liked it so more than this one. Yeah, Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. And it was – she found it to be she – Note the pronoun. The elusive <laughs> female comic Uh She she uh, read Daredevil ten and found it infinitely more enjoyable, infinitely more accessible. Even though it was the end of an arc, uh, she hopped right on board and and loved every minute of it. And and that's the way Daredevil is now. It's no coincidence that it's right. killing the Eisner nominations. This I don't know if you saw those this week, but no. it's it's just mopping the floor with everything else. And it's not it's not an accident. It's it's just that good.
5: Oh, actually, I was going to comment on the art, just because I I like uh, Rivera and uh, Martine a lot. I mean, I'm just very particular when it comes to art, and I just, uh, there were some panels that I just didn't really look that good. I felt, to me, Koi was trying to mimic what those guys were doing, which I always think is a bad idea, and it just didn't seem, for me, it just seemed too sketchy and not as clean and... Not as fun, really. Uh, when there's too many lines, I think it, the too much detail makes it sort of grounds it. And uh, it it just didn't feel like the modern Daredevil book that I had been used to. So you but want to think say talking
3: be right yourself, Koi fam. That's
4: exactly right. That's exactly right. This was Remember? fine,
2: Mike. You're being I, way too he's, Mike. I, just, I thought it was...
4: I, I'm kind I of love. in the middle here because I did think it was fantastic. But it did feel like it wasn't... White, I felt like it might have been like Rivera or Martine on a bad day. There's like, um, there's one page. Because it was, but... it wasn't quite all there, but it was still fantastic. It was still think, unbelievable. I, I'd like to see
3: you
2: grumpy bastards draw a Daredevil page. It
4: sometime. will be all stick figures. I'm,
2: <laughs> right, I'm with exactly. you. I'm with you, Jim. Well, there, there's the, um, there's the scene where Matt's in the holding cell with the pyro guy. I don't remember his name. and. Yes. Uh, the guy, you know, finally makes a move on Murdoch and slams his head down on the table. And uh, and he's basically saying he's going to use Murdoch as a hostage shield to get out of the prison. And he asks, you know, like, what are you, scared? And when he asks that, you see just the hint of a smile on Murdoch's face. And then the That's next good. panel is, there, is...
4: The way Murdoch smiles in, I mean, in this series consistently is just... Fantastic. And I do have to say... <laughs> he was not the... smiling during the Brubaker and
3: Bendis period. No. no. no um, sir. The
4: the bad guy dialogue at the end when like all five evil crime groups are getting together to talk about how they're going to take down Daredevil is just brilliant. I love yeah, when bad guys fun. kind of banter back and forth because they can't stand each other and this was top notch. Unfortunately, because...
2: that one guy's skull wasn't quite invincible enough to withstand the uh, end of the show. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Speaking of invincible, uh, <laughs> invincible, how does that night happening? But it sounds like a lot of things are happening in Invincible. Is, is it a whole new paradigm now? No, is not quite b- yet. It's building. It's building to a new paradigm. Um, there's Black
2: Invincible running around doing his thing. He's not quite as fast as Mark. So Eve is annoyed, and there's Dinosaurus fighting Viltramites, and, and Al and the alien popping in to see old friends. Like, it's just, it's a great Invincible issue where there are a million threads going on all at once, but it's really well balanced. And uh, it, it starts at one point and ends at another point, and stuff happens in between, and it's just a satisfying read in a single issue, and it'll probably go even better in the trade.
5: Well, okay. Awesome sauce. So I hear something's coming to Chicago.
4: C2E2 is coming to Chicago and I'm coming to Chicago next weekend, April 13th to 15th at McCormick Place. There are going to be tons of comics guests there, including Axel Alonzo, Joe Casada, Dan Slott, the nicest guy in comics, Jason Aaron, the best beard in comics, Scott Snyder, Rick Remender, Neil Adams, Tim Seal, Amanda Connor, Ryan Stegman, Sean Murphy, so many people. Um, and then there are a bunch of non-comics people like John Cusack will be there. I will give him my heart. He will give me a pen. Anthony Daniels, C-3PO himself, uh, Steve Yoon from The Walking Dead, the talented and sexy John Barrowman from Torchwood and Doctor Who. Uh, this year they've got expanded free shuttle service to get you to the show faster and easier if you're not staying down there, um. There's a mobile app that includes everything from programming and maps. Kids under 12 get in for free on Sunday. Tickets are $50 for the weekend in advance and $65 at the door. Uh, and you can go to C2E2.com to order tickets and find out more
5: information. You know, at iFanboy, we love to talk about comics. And <laughs> one of the comics that we love to talk about is uh, action comics and uh i get do the we eighth. do we do we love to talk about i i i like talking about action comics i'm not i'm not going to talk about the new logo but the uh number eight just came out are you guys reading the this book yeah i failed as of this issue i, yeah.
4: I kind of bailed an issue or two ago
5: you know i don't, don't blame you yeah, i don't blame don't, you either and it's really it pains me to say this um it's
4: been really why, why did I you really guys like I really liked it in the beginning. Like the first issue I thought oh, was sure. fantastic. Yeah. The second issue I thought was really good. And then I have no idea what happened because it I never remember anything after that. It I was
3: I was making my pull list this week and I was reading the solicitation copy for this week's issue and they talked about it being the culmination of the first uh storyline and I was like, has this been a storyline? Yeah, it's yeah. yeah like and I realized you know, I was all on board for the blue jeans and work boots, Superman yes. with the dish towel right. around his neck, and I thought, like Blanket. and let me let me get let me make one thing clear, I hate Superman so much, he is awful
2: why are you talking right he is now?
3: the worst he is the head? worst, but Grant Morrison did such a cool thing with him as like teenage Bruce Springsteen superpower man uh, with issue number one that I was blown away when I was reviewing the new 52 as quote unquote the Marvel guy. So I've been reading it this whole time, but it didn't live up to the promise of the first issue. It's been so disjointed and it wasn't any of the things that issue number one suggested it was going to be. Right. And I loved, loved, loved number one. And it's just been exponentially dropping off since then so it it
2: ended up what ended up happening was issue one was all about you know jeans and t-shirts superman but the storyline itself really was just about how did superman get a costume that wasn't jeans and a t-shirt
5: when jeans and a
2: t-shirt was the draw for a lot of people
5: yeah and exactly and 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 this is where that that transition actually seemed to happen we're we're in brainiacs we're in brainiacs little ship up up top and there's this other robot Thing. I actually got very confused as to who he was fighting in this issue. I thought yep. the I thought the art was actually really. I thought I really liked Rex Murrow Alice, and I guess I don't. Um, I, I thought there were some significant storytelling things, and and Morrison has been doing this thing where just random words, word bubbles happen, where it just <laughs> yeah. Like, I these I, I never phrases. knew who was talking. Yeah. I never knew who was talking, and then it and it there's like like robot sounding words, and then there's like alien sounding words and so at the end of the day you know metropolis was in one of those glass collectors jars Part and of it. now yeah part of it yeah just the, the part where lois and lex were and um and and he basically saves the day and in doing so he comes to terms with a new costume and uh there's the most awkward awful Thing that happens to the art here at the end of it where oh I guess God. it's a new art they, these people have the biggest teeth I right? Tom Cruise <laughs> has the same thing with the front teeth where there's no gap between the, the two and there's a point where Superman looks he's about to leap into the air and he looks back like he's just stolen some candy from a store and then leaps into the air and again the hugest 3D face pops right out I, I, I feel assaulted by his teeth uh, they' super teeth, <laughs> and it was really one of those things and i and I, I will say guys i I thought um this issue felt rushed i i don 't know who the major players are. I felt like, oh my goodness it 's eight issues already well, I guess we've got to make sure he 's got the costume, he works the daily planet and uh and Superman has somewhere to go to be alone and I felt like this is very much by the numbers and and we 'll talk about it later, but um really kind of a yes, there was a lot of action, so I guess it was an action comic but um, I felt like this was a stumbling thing, and we were supposed to be up, all up at arms with this big, rich, white-haired guy, and now we're supposed to be relieved that he's no longer going to be in power. And I just thought it was a mess. I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, well, are, you, are, are little, you
4: sticking with this, Mike? I mean, I, I know you're, you're, you're the Superman guy.
5: So I, I'll read. I'll read the next. The thing is, if I don't read this, I don't read any Superman. So, guys, I, I have. A, I have an admission to make. I've fallen off the wagon, and that wagon's name is Wolverine and the X Men. I have a different face. Oh, I, you, know, it, you know,
4: fun. So, Wolverine and the X Men, because Mike yes. wanted to get caught up, is uh, we kind of open with uh, Kid Kildare, who is now the head of the Hellfire Club, which I love that the Hellfire Club is now like 10 year olds. Um, I thought I was going to hate this. And he's, he's working yeah. with Sabretooth to figure out how, how to take down Wolverine and the X-Men because at 12, this is the thing. He's the maniacal, evil bad guy and he needs to take down the X-Men. That's all he cares about. And so he's hired Sabretooth to help him do this and uh, the lesson that he teaches the kid very early on is, you know, don't go for the limbs, don't go for the head, go for the heart. Well, I think, um, okay, I
2: think you're kind of skipping the, the big part of this issue was that Beast is also a badass. Wolverine is not the only badass. <laughs> I was getting uh, to yeah. that! You were taking too long! I want to talk about Beast!
4: I'm sorry! So they go after Beast because Beast is the heart of the X-Men and Beast is a badass, so go ahead, Ryan.
2: No, that's, I mean, that's the whole point is that both in Secret <laughs> Avengers and in Wolverine and the X-Men, Beast can get like, ripped to shreds and still be a hilarious, awesome badass and jumps into space without helmets because he's Beast. Like, what more do you need? Go read Wolverine and the X-Men. Stop So
4: Yes, basically the the way they get uh, Beast into space is his girlfriend is Abigail Brand, who is the head of Sword, who I love. Yes, um, right. And so he needs to go up to Sword to get something, and she's under attack, and Beast goes all oh, awesome badass. Speaking of this people comic swords, is so much
2: fun. He kicks Speaking people in the
4: skull.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I wish he, he wasn't a big- blue lion, but he is pretty great. <laughs> He's- speaking of speaking of kicking people in the skull, <laughs> Skull Kickers number thirteen came out, and uh, guys, I just start, I picked it up. Uh, I started reading it with this issue, this series. Mm-hmm. I, I I keep wanting to do it, and you I was
3: started with number thirteen.
5: It's it like number, right? It actually. I, I'll go pick up a trade or something. And uh, this is a pretty no. Fun just stuff. jump in. <laughs> These characters seem pretty fun. Are you guys regular readers of this? I have uh, no, but I read this. Board. I
2: read a few, but I read this one as well.
5: Yeah, I've been on board since the beginning. As, as so tell us, tell us why you like this book, and 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 how this uh, just jumping on point fared. If it's a good jumping on point or not, I
3: love Skull Kickers because it's a sort of book that I should hate. It is everything that I don't like about fantasy, and and just in general, I'm not a fantasy fan. But this book takes all of the conventions and all of the things that. Uh, like a J.R.R. Tolkien or 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 a George a George R. R. R Martin or anybody who uses too many initials, will will look at with a straight dour face and and paints a smile on it. Like the the two main characters, essentially they have they've never said what their names are. There's a bald guy and a bearded guy who's a dwarf, and they just get into misadventures and. One of them has a gun for some reason even though it's one of them, one of these vaguely sort of dark ages uh, centuries and they, they – they're irreverent and uh, they poke fun at every convention that you uh, think of when you think of fantasy and it's still – it's fun and it's lighthearted and it's action-packed and it's not – it doesn't overthink anything uh, but it's very clever and – uh, the bottom line is I uh, it's the sort of thing I normally hate, but this I love.
5: I like the idea that they these Baldy and Shorty are, uh, go and enter this pirate ship, and this pirate ship, it's all uh, female pirates. I thought that was actually yes. a really fun note, and I thought it set things up in a really great way. And there's that great frame where all they're all pointing fingers at them and going, men! He's like, I'm actually – the dwarf <laughs> right. is like, I'm actually one of you guys. I'm a girl. He's like – no, you, All our right. girls have beards and the <laughs> bald we, guy we, use, we have you, women have beards. Yeah. yeah. And the bald guy uses a, a charcoal uh, brush to paint his eyebrows for some reason. I, yes. I, I I, th- I got enough out of the characterization and sort of the whimsical way of, uh, it sort of reminded me of chew in a little bit the way it does action and the way it uses words to do sound effects. And, yes. uh, I had, I had a fun time with that. I, I don't really know what's going on. This is kind of the jumping on point where it's setting up, uh, the next couple of issues but um i liked it enough i'll check it you out you know
3: what issue number one was essentially the same as issue number 13 in terms of like what you needed to know so i wouldn't feel bad if i were you and i also appreciate the fact that they're uh uh taking open submissions for a future issue that's great that, like or, I, if you or it, lazy yeah right exactly they basically have said hey fans would you like to write an issue of this book Submit something to us, and we'll use it, as long as you sign the disclaimer, which is something that you don't uh, you don't see in your Batman, typically, uh, and I, which I appreciated a great deal.
1: Hey guys, it's Josh and Ron. Hey Josh. Hey, we're interrupting our show that we're not in. <laughs> To read a sponsor message.
6: Yes, uh, you. We surely you've heard about it, but we want to thank Marvel Comics for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And let you know if you haven't read the big first issue of the big summer event, check out Avengers vs. X Men number one, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by John Romita Jr. Uh, this is this is the big summer event, right, Josh?
1: If you want to read Marvel Comics, you need to hook your train. To this bus, exactly, and you've this heard weird bus train hybrid.
6: You no doubt read Connor's pick of the week review of it and heard the guys talking about it on the show earlier. Um, but if you haven't picked it up, you can go pick it up uh, at Marvel.com or on the Marvel uh, any of the Marvel apps that are out there for iOS and Android. Um, or uh, or go, go get to on, your shop. Yeah, go to your local the shop. Store, yeah. The
1: shop's gonna. I, I can almost guarantee you that your shop is going to stock this. Yeah, book. absolutely.
6: Um, head over to ifn.by/avx ifanboy that's one of those shortened links so that's ifn.by slash avx fanboy, and we'll put a link in the show notes if you haven't read it yet um, you click over there and you can find a local comic store or uh, re- you can read it in your browser so yeah. uh, don't miss out on the big summer event uh, it's, it's going to reshape the Marvel universe as we know it
1: plus they're getting started with the, with the Marvel Infinity what's that? you need to find out
6: exactly Infinity comic with, with this first issue so check it out um, and I guess we'll, we'll take you back to the to the other guys
1: all right, fine. Goodbye.
5: I kinda like this. This is the top five picks of the week at the time of this recording. And the number five pick of the week is OMAC, number eight, with a four point nine percent. Number four is The Boys, number sixty-five, seven point five percent. I'm amazed they're still publishing that book. Number three number three, uh Chomps In at Chew, number twenty-five, eleven point five percent. Come on, guys. Buy Woo! more of the book. Number two. Swamp Thing number 8 at 16.8% and number 1 no big surprise Avengers versus X-Men number 1 with 31.5% of you picking it as the pick of the week.
4: Okay, so BLK Assassin 106 reviewed Amazing Spider-Man number 683 and he or she gave the story a 5 a 4 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5 and when we recorded this the pick of the week percentage was 2%. The subtitle for this issue should be I Love It When a Plan Comes Together. Dan Slott covered pretty much all of the plot points he left in the last issue. Is Spider-Man pre Doc Ock's motives? I loved In the Beginning of the Big Time Era when Spider-Man led the Avengers, but I was disappointed we didn't get to see Spider-Man really lead them as he went off by himself. In this issue, he's playing chess with Octavius, and Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, and the other Avengers are his pawns. And Spider-Man himself is the king. What's really exciting is that while Spidey thinks he's outsparting Octavius, old Otto is actually two steps ahead of him. This issue is full of great moments and is a fun read. Is anybody reading Amazing Spider-Man? I um, am. I'm you know, loving Amazing Spider-Man these days. Right? Yeah. I have been,
3: uh, with the, uh, the exception of the last couple of issues. Spider-Man does not belong in space. I'm is sorry, he Mir- in
5: space now?
3: Spider-Man no. Spider-Man has no, been this in space.
4: Not, the, last, let, the last arc he was in space. and now Don't
3: let the biased liberal space. media persuade you otherwise. He has been in space until this last issue. But it's okay because in this issue, Spider-Man punches Al Gore in the face.
2: Well, K-Manifesto also thought that OMAC number 8 was quite satisfying because he gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5. And as Mike mentioned, the pick of the week percentage was 4.9%. And K-Manifesto says, OMAC issue 8 was a bittersweet ending to what was an otherwise superb exercise of off-the-wall fun. Anyone previously (laughs) not reading OMAC could pick up this issue and know, in a nutshell, the story of Kevin Coe and his unwitting journey from man to OMAC. What elevated this issue above the previous seven was the decision by Dan Dio and Kevin Giffen to juxtapose Kevin's origin and life story with that of OMAC's final battle, against, alongside Brother I. Every word was perfectly chosen in the story, but only bettered by the visuals. In bringing to the reader the internal battle Kevin has fought his entire life, from the smallest details of the mundane office environments at Cadmus Industries to the two-page splash of OMAC-induced destruction, Giffen brought his A-game. As we now know, Given's homage to Kirby didn't stop with the art, but is fully realized by ending the series, like the original, at issue 8. As as a reader of OMAC, I will miss the monthly mayhem of excitement, but, like our our hero in the final panel, I too must move forward to find new adventures.
5: Anyone reading this? Nope. 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 Nope! (laughs) Senior staff writer Paul Montgomery stepping in here just to say, unlike these Philistines... I read and cherished each and every one of OMAC's eight issues. And I, EYE, will dearly miss it. Remainder of the show, OMACtivate.
4: And we've also got the Summit City Comic-Con coming up. May 12th in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the Grand Wayne Center. Uh, it's full of creator and comics-focused show with over 100 creators, including Jeff Darrow, Gabe Hardman, Mike Norton, and his Eisner nomination. Tom Sholey, and the adorable Katie Cook will all be in attendance. Admission is only $10, and kids under 12 get in for free. com for more information and details. So and now is the time for the emails. People write in questions, and they expect... Connor or Ron or Josh to answer them, but we're going to answer them because it's sneaky like that. And our first question comes from Phil Askew from Winnipeg in the lovely province of Manitoba in Canada, (laughs) great white North. And Phil writes, first off, love the show. Secondly, after reading what will be my last Superman comic for the foreseeable future, I was left thinking, why has DC seemingly gone out of their way to ruin this character so badly? It feels like I started after Jeff Johns's run on action comics and it continued into the new 52 reboot at this point in time. I'm left wondering if any of you see the light at the end of the tunnel tunnel for Superman,
5: Mike. <laughs> so, I, so I'm just going to take a stab at this. Cause Phil, I, 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 feel ya. I, um I gotta tell you, I haven't read the the Superman title except for the first issue since the reboot. And as you can tell from our our chatter earlier with action comics, I felt great pain even reading that. And uh, I think it's one of those things where I've really become kind of philosophical about it, where maybe I just need to take a step back and just enjoy the memories I have of Superman for a while. Because like when I look at what's going on with it, it's going to be this way for a while. He's going to have a little collar. He's going to be kind of a jerk. And um, there's going to be all this kind of characterization that really, for me, is really unnatural. And if he keeps smiling the way he's been smiling, I won't be able to sleep at night. <laughs> um, and, you know, we always, you know, one of the things that the, the guys always remind us is that the older comics, they never go away. And, and comics right. as an art form, it ebbs and flows. And, the, and that's the great thing about it. It's a conversation that, Uh, the creators have with the readers and if enough of us feel this way we'll just stop buying and they'll they'll have to go well what are we doing wrong and maybe maybe they'll take a look back when sales were really good like with the stories that we liked and go hey maybe we should sort of get get back to what superman is all about because there's been a a lot of chaos for me with superman uh ryan are you reading the standalone title because i i must admit i i stopped reading it because i just found it so irritating
2: yeah, I, I got the I couldn't get through the first issue. So what I want to say to Phil is that Phil, go through your bookshelf, make a stack of your Superman continuity, and just decide right. what you want the continuity of Superman to be. And then when you're done with that, go read this book called It's Superman by Tom DeHaven. Uh Connor did a an iFanboy mini on it a while ago, and it's a novel, and it's Superman actually set in the Depression. And it's amazing. Um, yes. I always, I always say it's like John Steinbeck writing Superman. So just go read that. Your faith will be restored, oh. and all will be well. And so Phil, that.
3: Phil, I would suggest that uh, your actual problem is that Superman is terrible.
5: Now, all right. sad
3: face. Uh, he okay. is Superman has all of the powers and no weaknesses to speak of, and is always eating white toast with no butter, and is. <laughs> Always pure and sweet and salutes the flag and is the most boring character that has ever been
5: created in popular fiction. And (laughs) that's why you don't like him. John writes us. He's John Thrax, I fanboy. He says, while reading the newest issue of The Flash the other day, I thought to myself, why did I wait to start reading this character? I didn't start reading The Flash, well, Barry Allen to be specific, until Flash Rebirth. Since then, I've been loving it and kicked myself for holding out so long. I think it's possible. I think that way, just because it's been on a great run with awesome creators since the Rebirth mini. Is there a character that you guys held up reading for a long time, but once you did, you thought to yourself, why did I wait
4: so long?
5: Who wants to I was go for like, that?
4: I was like this with the X-Men. And I completely and totally love them right now. Uh, but I had a whole, because they're very intimidating and scary. And so it took me a while. Like I was reading comics for like two or three years before I picked up my first X-Men comic and it was the astonishing X-Men trades. And then right. it still took me a while. I, I, I didn't start reading uncanny X-Men proper until Kieran Gillen came on with um, Matt Fraction. And I started reading around then. Um, and now I'm reading that and uncanny X-Force and generation hope. And I'm totally team X-Men and AVX. I don't think I have this mindset. I think I just,
2: if I if I start reading the character, that was the right time to start reading the character. I don't like. I never feel like I waited until this moment in time, and it's, it's just like whatever. I want to read this character now. I, I don't know. This seems like a very, uh, ins- I don't want to say insignificant to, to disparage the guy, but it just seems like a non problem. Like you, you find the character when you find them, and just enjoy it in that moment.
4: And it's the other just, thing you can always do is you can always go back. I mean, that's the, that's the brilliant thing about comics now is there's trades and there's digital and there's so many ways to go back and delve into old comics. Like I totally can pick up a trade and dig into old Claremont X-Men because it's awesome and crazy. Uh, you know, so there's, you know, you can definitely pick up like Showcase Flash if you want to get to more of like the Bar- Barry Allen stuff and in Crisis on Infinite Earths. And there, there's so much that you can delve into with Uh, with comics that you know it doesn't matter if you wait too long or if you think you've waited too long and you feel like you've missed cool stuff you could always go back and find it that's absolutely
3: Um, true I mean I read all of 52 this year why Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) I was trying to catch up and figure out what all the cool kids were doing and you know I heard about the new 52 and I thought well maybe I'll get in on the ground floor question mark so you know I uh, well, yeah, there's never any limit.
2: Well, fortunately, the iFanboy I guys go out of their way to make sure that you are aware of comics that you probably shouldn't miss. Right, Mike? Well,
5: so what happened for me was that a was that a Q and?
2: It was, but I
5: guess I didn't really give. That you a was chance really to answer, no. That so was really that was good. good. It's fine. And my answer was Scalped. So there. were <laughs> talking about it and I started reading Scalped. But let's move on, you guys, because uh, one of the things that I also like about this podcast is that there's another podcast that I can listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just can't get enough of these guys. Uh, I don't know. If you guys have been listening to it, it's, a, it's been fantastic. You should not forget to check out Josh and Andy on iFanboy's Make Comics podcast each Wednesday. It's, a, it's an expert discussion on producing and promoting your own labor of love. And uh, what other kinds of podcasts are you guys listening to? Hmm. Hmm.
4: I wish there was a science one I could listen to.
5: I would love, <laughs> or just kind of, sort of. <laughs>
2: Well, what they're talking about is I actually do a podcast, which is called Science, sort of. So if you're looking for a podcast that's about all things science, all things that wish they were science, and all things that are sort of science, then this might be the podcast for you. It's uh, it's me and a couple of my scientist buddies, and we sit around and literally drink a beer and talk about whatever science is interesting to us in that moment. It might be quantum physics. It might be Bigfoot. It doesn't really matter. We just have a lot of fun, and we hope you like it. I do like it. Well, thanks, Mike
4: check out iFanboy.com for the Pick of the Week review and more in-depth comic book discussion uh, and all the important news and discussion topics and articles written by all four of us and more people because we're amazingly talented and very witty. Uh, And you can go to iFanboy.com slash about to see all of the staff on iFanboy and their social network links. Um, And then you can follow us on the Twitters at uh, twitter.com slash ifanboy and if your mom likes the show she can check us out on the facebook because that's where moms right. are
3: that's where moms uh, go
4: and you can keep in touch on facebook.com slash ifanboy
3: in addition you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com no one has emailed me in three years or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys which is to say 326-2697 with any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, recipes,
5: manifestos, uh, et cetera. If you dig us, write a review in iTunes, or better yet, tell your friends about us. Introduce your mom to podcast; she's on Facebook, and spread the iFan word. The word is spelled iFanboy.
2: Well, that's it for this week's show. I think. Are we forgetting anything,
5: guys? Uh, oh, 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 that's right. The big reveal. Uh, <clears throat> SSG Castillo, you still awake? Are you here? I am very honored. We are very honored to announce that your new cadet is a bouncing baby. I fan. Boy, it's a boy. Congratulations to you and Diamond Soldier. That Yay. is awesome. Woo!
4: Yay, babies.
5: So until next time, which will probably be a year from now, <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Ryan.
4: <laughs> I'm Allie.
5: I am Jim. And I'm the Internet's Paul Montgomery. See you next Whoa. time. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that voice?
4: My God.